the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Six thirty four on the Bruce Hooley Show. Tough business environment out there. Inflation, supply chain issues. Need an ally? I got one for you. AUIinfo.com. They're phenomenal. Chrissy is a rock star. And you'll love her. She will find ways for your business to save money on the benefits you offer to your employees. You will make all the decisions. She will just prevent you present you options. Once you pick those options, the people you choose to do business with will pay Chrissy. You don't have to pay. But boy, oh boy, do you get so much from her expertise. Uh, she'll save you money on memberships to things like the right chamber of commerce to perhaps be part of some of the ancillary benefits of that particular chamber. Uh, HR training, it's all part of AUI's outreach to small businesses. And they understand because they are a small business themselves. Uh, Chrissy bought the business from a family member and has grown it because she found out if you do good work for people, they talk to others about you, and they keep coming back for more uh, of the great information that she has used to help sustain businesses all over the state. So if you're a small business, two people to 50 people anywhere in there, auiinfo.com can help you, and it's all free on their website. Go there, start a chat, forge a relationship with my friends at auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. I sure hope the people in Chicago feel safe with their mayor, Lori Lightfoot, insisting that crime is not up. It's down. Uh, Even though the numbers appear to me, it's been a while since I took math, not good. 56 shootings over the weekend in Chicago. 11 fatalities. (laughs) That is crazy. 11 fatalities. Um, But don't worry. Don't worry. Joe Biden is sending help. A federal strike force is coming to Chicago this week from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He's like, you know, did I dream that? Did Lori Lightfoot turn down federal troops during the Donald Trump administration? Did she not just turn it down? She got, like, really, really mad about it? No, you didn't dream it. That happened. But see, this is a Democratic president who's offering help now, so it's, it's good help not bad help. Uh, the victims over the weekend included an 8-year-old boy and a 28-year-old man. Uh, what are the numbers uh, along racial lines on the murders? 81% of the 317 murders in Chicago in the first six months of the year um, were black. 81% of the victims are black. Uh, last year, 70% of the victims through the first six months of the year were black. Hmm. That would seem to be worse. But Lori Lightfoot says 
it's getting better. A Marine Corps Vietnam War veteran died in Chicago uh, after two carjackers beat him relentlessly. 73-year-old Keith Cooper was beaten by two men trying to steal his vehicle, punched him in the head, leading him to suffer from cardiac arrest. Lori Lightfoot had no comment. No comment. In Washington, D.C., over the weekend, a six-year-old girl, a beautiful six-year-old girl, yes, she was a black girl, was murdered in a drive-by shooting three blocks from Washington National Stadium where there was gunfire late in a Major League Baseball game, and the game had to be called because of the gunfire. Uh, I will say that our city, Columbus, Ohio, is absolutely not safe. We have three, we have three or four, we have three unsolved murders of 16 to 17-year-old girls. Um, Jace O'Neill, Mackenzie Ridley, and Olivia Kurtz. I believe it's Olivia Kurtz. Yes. Bicentennial Park, East Side, squirt gun fight, and apartment building just behind Hilliard Rome Road, uh, out on the far west side. City Attorney Zach Klein. He is on the front lines of this situation. He's all about the police reform. Uh, writing an editorial in the Columbus Dispatch. Says, calling for police reform does not make you anti-police. Mr. Klein writes, over the past year, I've had hundreds of conversations with residents who feel like they're being forced to choose between supporting the police or supporting police reform. As if it can only be one or the other, that is just not true. He says citizens want officers in neighborhoods to keep the peace, but equally demand and deserve professional and safe police interactions. Okay. I do not dispute that. I share that same opinion. Here's what I do not share. I believe the volatile situations that occurred with Andre Hill, Casey Goodson, are not indicative of all police interactions in the city of Columbus. Those two interactions ended with black men shot and killed. We still do not have, and I find it ponderous that we do not have, yet, um, in one case, in the case of Andre Hill, we do have charges. In the case of Casey Goodson, we do not have charges yet. I, I assume we will have something on that soon. Um, but to me... Uh, those two incidents do not justify. Somebody's going to have to explain to me how it justifies no one coming forward and helping police solve the murders of three 16 to 17 year old girl, two, because we know who killed uh, Jace O'Neill, or at least that certainly appears self evident that we know. But on Mackenzie Ridley and Olivia Kurtz, 
How does withholding information in their deaths avenge or make justifiable or make any sense at all relative to the extremely sad circumstances that led to or precipitated the deaths of Andre Hill and Casey Goodson. I don't see the tie. I don't understand the tie. I can understand a degree of mistrust, a a large degree of anger, if those cases are uh, not found to be justified police shootings. Certainly understand the anger. Certainly understand the senselessness of that. Andre Hill's family got a $10 million settlement from the city. It appears the city is certainly admitting that they think uh, former officer Adam Coy was in the wrong there. He's not been found guilty in a court of law yet, but I think the city's settlement gives you the city's view of that. Uh, But if you're thinking, well, you know, the riots downtown, come on, Bruce. I mean, Algernon Marbley, a federal judge, said that the cops were out of line. In an emotionally charged situation where you are downtown throwing rocks and bottles and not obeying police orders, and a police officer pushes you, shoots tear gas at you or something like that, that is not the same circumstances. It has nothing to do with two young women being shot randomly, one at a concert, an impromptu concert at Bicentennial Park, and one at a squirt gun fight on the east side. Those are completely different circumstances. I do not believe no one knows what happened in those circumstances. And you think you're screwing the cops over by not helping them. You are screwing over the families of those victims. You are screwing over those victims. You are hurting the families that need, deserve, and want closure on the senseless murders of two beautiful young women by not helping. And Zach Klein, Zach is a consummate politician. He tells people exactly what they want to hear. Here in Columbus, he writes, improving policing could mean increasing staffing levels so officers can get out of their cruisers to walk a bead, a true essence of community policing. Zach, you can't be thick enough in the brain to think that the way you guys have not supported the officer in the case involving Micaiah Bryant, has done anything but discourage officers from getting out of their cruisers and engaging with the community. You cannot be that, you can't be that thick. I, I, I know you a little bit. You're not that dumb. He says, it can also mean dispatching social service providers and mental health experts in certain emergency situations, thereby alleviating some burdens currently borne by our sworn officers. That's a stupid idea. It's bordering between a stupid idea and a lie. Because it's inevitable if you're going to bring into the equation social workers, there's no chance that goes for any significant period of time without you sending a social worker into a situation in which they are horribly overmatched. What if you'd sent a social worker into the Micaiah Bryant situation? Oh, here, let's talk about that. Well, she's got a knife in her hand. And she may not be. In fact, she didn't look like she was in much of a mood to talk. She was in the act of stabbing another girl when she unfortunately had to be shot for the safety of that other girl. 
how long before you send a social worker into that situation? And either somebody gets hurt because the social worker's there and they're not equipped to dole out force and bring, de-escalate, you know, a threat, or, or they're hurt themselves and they don't have a weapon to defend themselves. So in those situations, I know you, hindsight-wise, you want to say, oh, well, you know, been better if we'd have had this there. You don't know that. And you're much better off in every situation to have more capacity for um, neutralizing a threat than to have ever, ever, even once, not enough capacity to reduce the threat. So this is a... Um, there's a lot of words in your column, Zach, uh, that don't make a lot of sense to me. If the community and the police come together as trusted partners in this effort, we can succeed in making our city a safer place for all of us. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Yeah. Your cops don't feel supported. They don't trust you. They don't trust Andrew Ginther. They shouldn't. They don't trust his police civilian oversight board review board, and the community doesn't trust the cops because you haven't supported the cops, and they're saying, if you don't support the cops, why would we? So you've brought this situation about. It is very untenable all the way around, and no clever wordsmithing by you in the liberal rag that is the Columbus Dispatch is going to make it go away. It is 6.51 on the Bruce Hooley Show. Did you get your government check last Thursday? Your child tax credit in cash? Yeah, if you got kids between uh, up to age 17 and you do not make $75,000 as an individual or $150,000 as a couple, uh, you should be getting a check from Uncle Joe and all the American taxpayers. That's where he gets it. Uh, you can opt out, and you may want to, if you had an income spike in 2021 because the child tax credit cash payments are based upon your 2019 and 2020 tax returns. So let's say you didn't have a good year in 2019 or 2020, but you have a really good year going, and you want to opt out because, hey, this doesn't work like Ohio unemployment benefits. Theoretically, you will have to pay the money back if you get child tax credit cash payments that you are not entitled to. So let's say next April you're going to file a tax return and you're going to be in excess of those income limits. And all of a sudden you have to throw down three grand per kid that you got in cash and spent somewhere else. Because, I mean, you're an American, right? Who saves their money? Uh, You have to drop out on the IRS's online portal before the first Thursday of the next month. So that means you have until July 30th to avoid your second payment that goes out on August the 15th. August the 15th. So it says uh, you can still receive a $2,000 tax credit uh, if your income level is below $200,000 for individuals and 400000 for married couples, but no check, I don't think. So uh, that's how that rolls. Now, 
Chick-fil-A, as you know, has over the years run into some degree of opposition from people in markets that um, do not appreciate uh, Chick-fil-A's apparent faith-based stand on some issues. I say apparent because there was a situation about two years ago, I believe, where we found out that a bunch of organizations we thought Chick-fil-A did not give to, they were in fact giving to. And I was disappointed in that. I don't care as much if a restaurant or business supports certain agendas I don't agree with, as long as they don't position themselves as a business that's against those organizations or against the ideology of those organizations. But when an organization like Chick-fil-A cultivates an image that it stands for certain things, and then I find out later it does not stand for those things, well, then I'm disappointed. More disappointed in that organization than I am in one that never purported to be in line with my values prior. But now Chick-fil-A, city of San Antonio was trying to ban them. New York was trying. New York Airport was trying to ban them. And I'd expect that from Andrew Cuomo's state. Now it turns out that the University of Notre Dame is pushing back against Chick-fil-A coming to the campus in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, That does not seem to fit with the uh, devout Catholicism of the Notre Dame campus. Um, But, according to USA Today, uh, efforts to stop the fast food chain from coming to Notre Dame's campus gained traction after, and this is how it always starts, right? Two students wrote a letter to the editor that was published in the Notre Dame student newspaper titled, Keep Chick-fil-A Away. Now, I don't know off the top of my head what the enrollment of Notre Dame is. I'm going to guess it is somewhere around, I'm going to say 10,000. Let me see how close I am. According to Google, Notre Dame's enrollment is 8,624. Okay. So, (laughs) Notre Dame has 8,622 students who don't care about Chick-fil-A coming to campus, and two who do. And the two wrote a letter. must have been a tremendous letter. And this started a group protest about Chick-fil-A coming to campus. Uh, Of course, they were not the only two. There were... uh, (laughs) assorted faculty and staff members who also signed the letter uh, because they were protesting uh, Chick-fil-A's apparent hatefulness toward the LGBTQ community, the Alphabet Mafia. Uh, This, of course, stems from the CEO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy, uh, that his comments in the past that Chick-fil-A has been very much supportive of the family. (gasps) What? Notre Dame can't have that. And the biblical definition of the family unit. Dan Caffey said on a radio show, we are a family-owned business, a family-led business, and we are married to our first wives. We give God thanks for that. Well, now, I mean, I can see why Notre Dame would have no use for that. (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) The students who wrote to the newspaper said the uh, 
Chick-fil-A has a, quote, long history of antagonism toward the LGBTQ plus community, including its history of donating to organizations such as the, oh, my, you, this, don't, don't let your kids hear this, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the Paul Anderson Youth Home, and the Salvation Army. Okay, you can unplug Junior's ears now. I'm done talking about those hateful organizations. Um, that was the big flap in 2019. That's when Dan Cathy said they wouldn't be giving to uh, FCA and the Salvation Army anymore. That's when I stopped going to Chick-fil-A. So now, Aaron, I don't know what to do. I don't get over to Notre Dame very often. But I don't know if I want to support Chick-fil-A because I don't appreciate them bailing on FCA and my friends at FCA. But I don't know that I want to support the two students who don't want Chick-fil-A on campus. And by supporting Chick-fil-A, I'd be, you know, advocating for what would seemingly be values at Notre Dame. Advocate for. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'll just stuck. Cons- I'll consistently eat there and then maybe it'll even out. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll... F- We'll figure it out at some point in time. But that'll do it for this edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Be back tomorrow. Look forward to talking to you then. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great night.